he there's doing? a lot to he's all right you know every everyone is the same everyone everyone's situation is frozen in time until the third yeah but you know what there is a silver lining which is that on the fourth apex legends new season comes out i'm off on the fourth i am stupid excited for the new apex season uh did you see the gameplay trailer uh no oh my god you gotta watch that gameplay trailer (laughs) you gotta watch that gameplay trailer let let me link you this gameplay trailer it's so good I mean, I think I could find it if I looked for it. The new map is, like, breathtaking. Olympus, it they is, call it. It is beautiful. Like, even if you just open that video and watch, like, the first 10 seconds, it is, like, this map looks so nice. Also, one thing that I appreciate about Apex Legends uh, that I think you don't get in any other game is that the the gameplay looks like a trailer of gameplay where it's like there are these extremely cinematic moments where it's like you watch another game like you watch like a call of duty or even like a valorant trailer and it's like this this character is like flying through the air and like throwing knives at everyone and it's like that's not really what it looks like in game but in apex they could just straight up show you the gameplay and it looks like it looks like an action movie right yeah, I, gotta, I mean, yeah, everyone's, like, fighting at the same time. Flying around. Flying around. The new uh, character jump, looks jump, sick. Someone's jump padding. <clears throat> the new character's abilities are really cool. Uh, they're all based around gravity. Uh, her name is Horizon. Like, her passive ability is she has better air control, and her, her squad has, like... Um, better landing like usually when you land in that game after a heavy jump you like have to brace and her team doesn't have that her main ability is like a anti-gravity pad that you can use to like jump up and like move around in the air uh and her ultimate is a black hole and i love black holes in a i, I just love the, you always the say gravity that. nature of like throwing grenades into black holes uh because of the way that um, every bullet is an individual like particle and instance. Uh, the bullets will curve around the black hole the way that they did in um, Titanfall with the with the gravity stars. So that's pretty sick. Also, the vehicle that they're putting in on this map, like I wasn't crazy about the idea of a vehicle, but it interacts with all of like the legends abilities where you could take Rampart's machine gun and put it on top of the vehicle. Or, or like, uh, it, it interacts with, like, Horizon's anti-gravity thing, so you could, like, throw the anti-gravity in front of the trident, and it'll, like, jump it. And Costa can put so, on, like, eight explosive traps. Yeah, and ram, it in, and ram it into people. Yeah. Oh, and Gibraltar can put a shield around it. So it, it's cool, because... Did they I, give Wraith what, back her run? Uh, what do you mean? Like the Naruto, Naruto run? run? Yeah. She never lost it. I thought she did. I thought people were complaining. No, nah, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I've been a little out of the <clears> game, but I'm looking forward to that season. Uh, love Apex Legends. Love it. Ugh. I watched one VTuber thing, and my entire YouTube is just what is VTuber. VTuber? I, it's, what the, is VTuber? it's those, like, Nanners and those, like, it, it's like a... Is it like vlog? Y- yeah. Like, a, it, yeah, I, I feel like that. Well, okay. uh, I mean, vlogging is just video logging, but, well, sure. so but it's what people did you... who have, like, I, I don't know why it, like, popped up 
And I don't even know what the original thing. I th- it might have been just like best of Nanners or something. And it and then for whatever reason, out of anything that I've ever just watched one of, YouTube thought like this is this person's thing now. This so is who you are. This is yeah. your thing. So you're just gonna watch like basically you could probably all. Remove it from your history. I re- Oh yeah, I should have done that early on. Yeah, you could probably do that. You could probably still do that. Yeah, I could do that. Um, it's all just like it's basically just. I, as far as I understand, it's it's a uh, it's people that like have a setup where it's in, interpreting your it's like it's like that that kind of thing where your 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 face is one to one with like an anime character. So okay. if you're blink- blinking, you know this anime character blinking, so you get to move around and not look like yourself. Oh yeah, po- Pokemon has that. I, I feel like a lot of people do. And uh, the main thing that people watch for is just to watch them uh, play video games and to like. Uh, in in uh, quotations, uh, say something yeah. like inappropriate, but really they know they're doing it. And I definitely just like, like lost Whoa. my I, I lost my hardcore gaming credibility by admitting that I watch Pokemon on Twitch. But hey, she streams with Alexandria Asasio Cortez. Well, there you go. So, so does other uh, people like uh, Disguised Toast. Disguised Toast. Yeah, I mean, I I'll, I don't get it. I I don't really fully understand it. I don't understand. Uh, liking someone like I, we've talked about this before, but I, I can only understand watching a streamer in that I'm watching them play at like the high, absolute highest level, and they're doing something interesting. Or I guess maybe I can understand it, someone being hilarious, but someone being just like cute is bizarre to me. I, but, I actually you know, recently subscribed to a very small Twitch streamer of like typically has 30 to 100 viewers well that's um, this makes sense now so if you want to be someone who's like to use the parlance to simp for someone which i'm not saying that you're doing obviously um then you you go to someone who's got a small group and then it's like well now i'm one out of 30 if you're trying to go to pokimane yeah so this guy and i'll plug i'll plug his stream his name is pagrax and he plays a lot of uh noita so yeah. he made this like amazing tutorial about wand crafting that like helped me out a bunch. Uh, so I just subbed to him, and and it's also cool subscribing to like a smaller streamer because like you start to recognize the name, the names of like the people who show up, it's and little, like, they're interactive. Yeah. They ask, they answer questions. It, it's like if you ask a question of a big streamer and you like and they like actually answer, it's like holy shit! I can't believe that they answered me. A little plebs questions but th- that's why it's kind of nice to be a part of like a smaller community i mean how would they even answer your questions when the scrolling up of twitch chat is just like people are spamming the same things like what like there was the the recent tournament and uh, I, i'm always reminded valorant of tournament. this the, the valorant tournament i'm always reminded that uh, uh for online events like the like crowds yelling the um like parallel of that in uh esports and if it's unless it's actually alive and it, and there is a little crowd yelling is the like twitch or like a youtube chat where it's just scrolling up infinitely and one person like it, it, it's it's hundreds of people who are doing this thing where they just typed something into uh chat in caps lock or they didn't they just copied it and like pasted it and they're just constantly doing that and I don't know what purpose that serves. Like it, it's so confusing to me what that means. Like what, like what, what, what are you doing? For, what are you doing that for? 
yeah to like the, read to like just constantly Valorant spam the same it was just like total like copy pasta of what is it spam the squid to help team solo make. well they always do that kind of stuff where it's like yeah uh spam this wine and also just complete, like trash another... talking the casters was the yeah other. and uh one, one was this long like valorant it has a kid's is a kid's game because it has these nice like uh it has like all these colors or something like that i don't remember the whole thing but i don't need to we're too old for that yeah what's the deal with games what is the deal we already talked about so many games and so many things i feel like we could just call it here but maybe we we've should done so much work already more We've been playing some games. Some games, uh, I guess. We, we've been playing together this game, uh, Remnant from the Ashes, which I guess we're like over a year late on. Is it a year or longer? I almost thought, I, um, I could have swore this came out in 2017. Really? I'm going to get it up on the device. Fact checking. Live fact checking. 2019. August 2019. It kind of feels like it's from 2017, but continue. Yeah, it's... um. I'm not going to call it a Souls-like, but it's a sort of... I don't know what you would call it, then. If you, like, it, if, it reminds if there me needs so to be a parallel. Like a, well, it's like a, a third-person shooter, and it reminds me of... For some reason, this game really reminds me of the 360 era of gaming. Something, something about it. Like, it has, like, this vibe of almost being underdeveloped. There are systems in this... This game lacks a lot of the systems that I think have become more popular recently, like icons and knowing where you're going and things like that. Oh uh, yeah, like um, there is weird, very weird. I don't know what it is because it, it there is some sort of minor like quest tracking, but this this is like always a weird thing. Like I remember, like Destiny of old wouldn't do any sort of quest tracking or tell you where you were supposed to go and i remember it being like a pretty big thing when you could just have a menu that says this is a quest and you could highlight that quest and it could point you to where you were supposed to go on the map and this game doesn't do that very well um but before you even say that it's missing things that are um 2020 or even 2019 quality of life you can't speak to the same vendor at the same time if someone else is speaking to the vendor so we're yes. playing co-op, and if you want to craft or, um, or or like level up in your equipment, then you have to wait for your friend to t- finish talking to someone. Because I guess it's fair that uh, the craft lady couldn't talk to two people at once, but that's frustrating. It feels like it. It's weird for a game that feels like it was big. It was built for co-op, but also that the co-op is shoehorned in at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so another example of this. Um, so this is a game about uh, you are third-person shooting your way through a world. You are essentially going from like instance to instance fighting bosses. When you kill a boss, they drop an item that can be used uh, – to either craft a new weapon or to craft a weapon mod, which is essentially a special ability uh, that you socket into one of your weapons. So the weird thing about this is just that um, there's all these different types of builds that you could go for. As you play, you're unlocking traits. However, uh, if you are playing co-op, then you are always getting the same exact drops. Yeah, that was was a really weird... thing 
there, which makes things a little bit weird just because like uh, uh one of the one of the like key things that you want to do in a game like this is sort of like show your friend like oh i got this crazy thing yeah specialize like like you like we uh like i don't know like if you're if we're if you're playing diablo or or path or anything else at the same time you're not seeing the same kind of loot so you could either maybe find something that's good for your friend and give that to them which is a fun thing or find something exciting and then show them like oh look at look at this this new gun or something that i have works completely differently than anything we've ever seen before like that's cool i wish i had that um but it's really weird because like you said like the boss drops are static so you just you only get that from that boss so we're just playing and we fight that boss and we both get a chance to have the same gun so we had to like kind of specialize outside of what we were getting yeah, but but one thing that the, uh, the, because of the way that like upgrading works and like you're upgrading your weapons and you're spending materials, uh, you you can't afford to upgrade everything that you get, which does essentially mean that at, at some point we got enough loot to where we are able to branch off and do our own thing, and and also you unlock traits by performing certain actions, which means that I have access to traits that you do not. So yes. there is a bit of that. I, that I like. That. that I I think the trade system is kind of cool. It's a little messy at first, but there's some cool things about it, and that is a really neat concept overall. So the trade system is like uh, you, as you're playing the game, either by uh, beating bosses or doing things. Sometimes it's either even like reading something in the world or like checking or something or leaping over, vaulting over something or killing a boss or shooting X number of things. Um, it'll suddenly pop up that you got a, a new trade unlocked, and every time you level up, you can put points to increase the bonus of that trait. Uh, simple stuff like, it might be like, you vault quicker now that you've vaulted uh, X number of times, or you can reload quicker, or higher crit chance, or more damage to a weak spot, and all these different kind of things, and you can level infinitely. And you also find um, traits uh, books on the ground that'll give you extra trait points. So you can continue playing, and and it's kind of, it, it, I guess it, it gets compared a lot to um, Diablo. I feel like it's it's closer to Diablo than anything else, even though it's still not like Diablo and like you know how crazy Diablo gets and in, in, in destroying packs of enemies. Um, but it is it is like a it, it's kind of it's actually a little bit longer now with all the DLC. But it's like you play a game, you play like through the story. And then you can play these, like, kind of riffs where it's, like, they set up a random template of of the world, and then you fight a random boss, and then that way you can go back and fight the bosses that you didn't fight the first time. And they also have a survival mode that I'm, I'm not even sure what you would compare this like, like, almost like a solo cell found, or like a... I'm not even sure what it would be. But there's a survival mode where you keep getting put into random worlds, fighting random bosses, and there's random drops on the ground, and you're trying to, like make do with what you have and it's roguelike so I, I, whenever you die it'll it'll wipe your progress so those are the kind of, kind of modes there's story mode there's that adventure mode that i said that's kind of like a diablo rift and a uh roguelike mode but yeah so far it's been pretty good actually i mean the actual moment to moment gameplay is solid that's yeah that's a pretty and, good and feel to that there are some interesting boss fights and the the stuff that you're crafting like the weapons they do feel pretty unique 
Yeah, they, they get to a point where they're pretty unique pretty quickly. One of the first bosses that we fought, which I, I think might be a fixed boss, because as I understand it, the bosses are, like, picked from a pool at certain points in time. But when I was playing solo, I ended up fighting the same boss that we fought, um, mm. which is kind of frustrating because I didn't get anything from that. Um, and uh, But but some of the, 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 the boss drops are pretty cool. One thing that's kind of unfortunate is that the, the game does have a fair amount of, like, it, it, there is some really cool builds. I remember I, I was telling you that one of, like, that there's, a, that I've seen a lot of different people talk about different builds online um, and how varied the builds are and how many different things you can do with them. And one example is this cool concept that is easy to explain to people, I think, where there's this um, armor set that has a bonus that's, uh, like increased damage on the next shot after for after reloading for ten seconds, um, and you can have another p. You can have a, a ring that does something like um, one hundred percent bonus damage on enemies that aren't aggroed to you, and use crossbows. And then while they're they're long range and it's only one shot, and then you have to reload. So it gets the bonus damage from the one shot and reload where it's also a ton of damage at once, so it's increasing it by even more, and if the enemies aren't looking at you, then it deals, like, double damage. So builds like that. Like, there's a lot of, like, interesting builds. There's builds where there's summoner builds. There's, there like, we haven't found anything like this, but there's builds that are based around, like, putting turrets on the ground and having, um, a, like, like, getting your cooldowns up quicker and using the cultist, the ex-cultist garb, which is starting gear that I use, that, um makes it so your summoned things stand uh, for 100% longer. So, it, like, doubling the amount of time that they're out. So, like, I actually use this thing uh, that has been... I, I think this has been one of the most fun things for the run for me, is that the, one of the first bosses we fought, or the first boss we fought, dropped a weapon mod. And weapon mods are this thing, they're, they're really cool, they're kind of like a spell that you can slot into yes. gear. And the it was this kind of it's so boring sounding it's like it shoots a uh, this beanstalk thing and it just shakes and like dances a little bit and enemies come over to it and try and fight it so it just aggros things and yeah. it has its own health pool so it's just like this nice crowd control kind of thing and it was very uninteresting at first but i felt like over time since like the the, the boss after the, the fight after the first boss was this horde based like boss and it really helped out there, so I, I stuck with it, and I've never been able to get rid of it because it just, every boss has had a part where they just will swarm with ads, and this kind of negates that kind of, like, boss tactic, and it, it's been so useful that I can't stop using it. So that's been a really fun part of the run is using this weird thing that, like, I'm surprised it even works out. Um, but it is kind of, in the same light, it kind of frustrates me that you're getting these cool weapon mods half the time but then when you get specialized boss weapons they have fixed mods and i understand why but it kind of makes me wish that there were another slot for another weapon mod so that maybe the the non-boss ones had two weapon mods you can kind of have two spells and then the boss ones had one fixed mo weapon mod and an unfixed one like so i know what you mean so yeah. one of the first things we got was a bait was basically a pistol that was like this smg but but the weapon mod turns it into a flamethrower it's very cool it's super unique there's nothing that's like it in the game and that's awesome and it works very well and but but it's fixed so the other weapons in the game like 
you're finding other boss boss drops where one makes you know clouds of bugs swarm and one shoots like radioactive beams and stuff like that and uh there's all these cool concepts but to to use those weapon mods you have to use it on a non-boss weapon yeah we have found a couple of non-boss weapons though we found like the crossbow the chicago typewriter yeah that's what i'm using right now there but they those weapons are a little less interesting but but at the same time they always seem to have at least like something interesting going on about them like the Chicago typewriter becomes more accurate the longer you fire it and things like that. And as far as I can tell, I think this is insane, but all the specialized um, weapon mods, like especially the boss mods, will do a unique, will turn the weapon into something unique. So like the 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 bean stock thing, the aggro, the mungus bean stock that aggro's things. Whenever I put it onto a gun, it makes these roots wrap around the gun. And that's only, but that's been only for that, that it does that, that look. So, so like these mods are also kind of aesthetically changing the guns in a pretty cool way that, that feels like there's some sort of progression. Um, we haven't found any new armor really. Like we very rarely have we ever found any new armor. So like on yeah, that I end. think we found two sets that we got from, uh, vendors. So we found like this, um, the one shot set. Um, which is like some like tribal garb, and then we found the radiant set, which looks like paladins. Well, your thing almost looks like the the one shot set almost looks like a plague doctor. Like you have that big long plague doctory mask nose. Yeah, it's a uh, very timely. Yes, it is. So Woody, it's been, it, it's cool. been fun, and and I do agree with that. That like three sixty style of like the minute to minute is so good. They actually did on almost destiny like feel for this game because the guns just feel good and the enemies react very well so when you're shooting them they kind of they stagger in appropriate ways that make the guns feel impactful so like there's this overall really good feel to that and it does remind me of 360 where a little bit more of the gameplay was not based on progression systems and more on just like we made this individual thing very very fun Hell yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, this is sort of like the Halloween podcast in a way. I mean, it's the day after Halloween, so... How was your it, Halloween? Did you get trick-or-treaters? It's a little spooky. No, I don't go trick-or-treating. I didn't do anything. Did you trick or or get trick-or-treaters? No, we uh, we don't get trick-or-treaters out here. Uh, I, I haven't had any trick-or-treaters since moving to Queens. Really? Uh, it's just not that kind of area. Yeah. What, what, what do you think kids do? Like, go up to an apartment and ring all six doorbells? I guess, yeah, that's true. I guess it's harder when you're living around an apartment, because you can't really... I mean, yeah, unless, I unless people are, like, kids, leaving candy outside. Kids primarily go to stores out here. That's what... Stores, you say? Like. Yeah, they go to, like, shops. Um, what, you go to a bodega, and then the bodega gives yeah. you candy? Yep, like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's how it is. I didn't know um, that. There was a lot of trick-or-treaters. Other... I would say that, that you would not know that there's a pandemic going on. Yeah, I also... Uh, there's so many things that are making me uncomfortable about the pandemic. I, I feel like people are over it. Like, they've decided that it's, like, not, like, cool and fun anymore. So they're just, like, giving up and just, like, being total assholes. Yeah. Um, It's worse in other states. Here, in New York, I almost kind of understand... Just for what I, as in the medical field, saw and how few people I see on a daily basis that, like, I don't really see people getting sick anymore. I th- I, I'm not sure numbers-wise, but 
I, I think there's so many people got sick so quickly in the beginning and we didn't have the testing. And New York was kind of the um, beachhead of Corona in uh, America. So everyone just got sick so quickly, myself included, that uh, there wasn't really testing going on and just tons of people were just dying uh, or just like trial by fire going through it. And then now it's it feels like they're is a level of herd immunity, I guess. I'm not sure, even without the vaccine. Um, but I feel like other states are... It's on the rise overall, like, nationally. And um, I'm, I don't know what other states are doing. I imagine a lot of them are just doing what we're doing, which is just, like you said, ignoring it, because it's been in the news for too long. It's been in the news since the beginning of this year, and we're at the end of the year, and people kind of already quarantined, so they're like, nope, we, we're good with that. I quarantined for two weeks... Virus is gone, <laughs> and uh, yep. nationally, and it's gone, and I'm safe forever. Like I'm an angel because I quarantined for two weeks, and I'll never get it. Right on. Uh, but it was a pretty spooky uh, October. We played a bunch of spooky games this uh, season. Phasmophobia got an update. Uh, the ghosts can now crawl on the ceiling, and they're a lot more active so far. It's uh, nice that they can crawl on the ceiling because I feel like. They could be above you, and you can't like you're not seeing them. And that one, looking up and seeing a ghost, would probably be the scariest thing that I can imagine that game doing, rather than just they, it floating towards you. They also, I went into a bathroom, and one of them was just a ghost was sitting in the tub, and that was pretty spooky. Oh God, that's awful! I that would they freak fixed, me out. They fixed a lot of the uh, detection and responses, which essentially means that. Uh, if you are trying to communicate with a ghost, the ghost is more likely to respond. Maria uh, Taylor. The, the ghosts uh, move between rooms now. They occupy hallways more often. Uh, so essentially they made the game scarier, um, which I approve of. The game is doing a great job being scary. Uh, so that's my Phasmophobia Minute. We also uh, checked out Dead by Daylight yesterday. which Dad is Dead by Daylight. Been- it's a game that's been around for a long time. Um, it is a asymmetric multiplayer game where one person is playing as a killer and four people are playing as survivors who are attempting to escape and hide and work their way around the killer to get out, right? Uh, so, so the actual setup of this game is a little... F- weird it's a little funny because it's like uh, it, it reminds me of the story of league of legends originally it's it's scrapped now but there was this idea of like you are a summoner and you are summoning these creatures to fight on the field of summoner's rift where it's like in this game the idea is that there is like this monster or this killer who is creating this environment in which they are hunting you using this aspect of fear, which is the killer. And then there are the four survivors who are trying to escape. Yeah, it's the a very it's person, a Cthulhuan and Eldritch kind of thing. Yeah, but the uh, the the main act of like, running around and acting and like what you're doing as the survivors is you're trying to activate these generators, uh, which will power a door, which will lead to an escape room, uh, which will lead to an escape route rather. So. The this the the generator part sort of is feels pretty empty. It's really just there to facilitate tension. Um, 
And for that, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't seen anything outside of that, though. Like, it would be... You would mention this, but it would be cool if there were, like, levels with computers or there was, like, something just other than generators yeah, so going on. I, yeah, I... I, I... The, the great concept, obviously, and to see how much this game has evolved over time, I am shocked because I certainly didn't know that it was like this. I, I see this game uh, often high up on Twitch viewership, and that's outside of the spookiest month of the year. So I, I, I think that there's so many people who are liking this, and I didn't know that there was like dailies and leaderboards and all this kind of stuff and there's tons there's of characters there's, there's a battle pass there's uh they, they have um characters from silent hill they have a pyramid head for the the monster they have a demogorgon from uh they have stranger skill things trees for every character yeah they have they have like unlocks and skill tree kind of stuff so to see all this kind of stuff like it's definitely they, they've done so much with it so, so much over time but what kind of blows my mind is especially like starting out um uh, your this game leaves. Uh, I, I can imagine for most people would leave a poor initial taste, and um, I, I'm not like like putting my foot down completely on this opinion. But it, the like the main thing that survivor like there's very few things that anyone's doing. Like the 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 monster kind of gets to have the most fun. They're not at risk of being spooked or scared or anything like they're the the all power whatever they want to do they can kind of do and the survivors don't have much agency like the survivors just have to hide and stay away and then when they think the monster is gone they get to run over and then do these generators um but for for how much this game has like uh improved i guess and and added all these extra things over time i'm surprised that it barely it doesn't even meet that standard that like among us kind of could set where among us does this very similar thing where it's making you do these long and short tasks and they're all kind of these dumb little mini games but they're almost even like the thousandth time you've done these things like the shooting the asteroids or lining something up they're 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 different enough that or doing like the electrical mini game like they're different enough that that you're not just like they if imagine from among us they were all the the uh downloading minigame every single thing was the downloading minigame i'm not saying the among us games are even fun but they're different enough that when you're looking at them especially the first time you have to think like what do you do you want me to do and they're sure. usually like obvious enough that that you can do them and it's it's not a big deal but imagine if every the most boring thing in Among Us is hitting that like long downloading bar, and everything in this game is like it's all the same generator. I'm surprised that different maps yeah. didn't have a palette swap for the generator. This one is getting a car engine going, and there's like a, multiple different cars, and maybe it's a long time to start one of the cars, but the survivors can kind of try and coordinate like car number three that we found is over in the eastern side of the map and where we almost have it done so we're all trying to kind of like distract the monster while the other ones just kind of run out of the woodwork and start trying to get the car started and then we can and, and then we'll get yeah. in the car and leave like just different things or different kind of mini games because all the survivors ever do no matter what the map looks like is stare at a generator that is a long long loading bar and then every once in a while the generator has a skill check which is like an active time like uh thing where it's like a what, what do they call those 
the 360 uh, era. The um, active reload. Yeah, kind of like, it is exactly like an active reload, actually, because it has that, like, perfect area, and if you miss the perfect window, there's uh, still, like, a good window. And um, so the generator is, like, you're just watching a loading bar, a loading screen, and looking around, and every once in a while a thing pops up, and you have to, like, time a button press. Yeah. And that's it. So, um, like, so w- w- one of the first games we played, and it made everyone instantly stop wanting to play, was, uh, like, you were the, the monster, and you were kind of, like, you were, like, hurting people and, and putting them up on these hooks, which is what the monster kind of does to, I was like, being spooky. take people out of the game. I was and throwing up on people. There I was a cool character. So, yeah, you, you had a, a spooky-ass character. And uh, I think it was the same kind of people getting hurt. So, like, two of us were just, like, sitting around watching the generators. And and I had a whole chance to just, like, watch the entire generator. And I don't and, and like you said, I don't think you're supposed to do that. I, I think that ultimately, like, the survivors should get away yeah. a little bit better. We, 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 can, we can't assume what this game is actually like after you've played it. One time, publicly, yeah. Because we've, we've played, like, three games of this. I've played a couple more on my own. Uh, it, it's surprising when you realize, like when you get into a, a lobby of people who know what they're doing and the killer actually has a much harder time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a few thoughts on what you said. So I, I don't think that putting mini games in, like it makes a lot of sense just because I, I think that part of the game is like, you're looking at the generator you're hoping that the quick time event doesn't come up because you're also trying to look around at every direction to like try to intuit where the creature is. I I think that it is very bizarre that everything is a generator. Yeah, and, and I mean that, that is that's a, that's a that basic. I would totally criticize where it could be like computers, right? Like yeah. in the Hawkins laboratory, uh, which is you know from Stranger Things, like that you're trying to like break into a computer. Or do something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's a bunch and of different computers or a server or something like you're like you're trying to get uh, an, a locked door open and multiple computers have to be yeah like you have to finish but, loading on multiple computers. It really could be anything. Is, but there is actually it, it seems like there is a lot going on once you get into the meta systems of the game and you realize like you have more objectives and more things that you could do um, to increase your like like if your goal in this game is to increase your score at the end of the match it's not just about winning or losing but there's a score associated with it and you realize like all of the things that you could be doing like crafting medicines at the fireplace or uh tricking the killer into like following you and then like escaping him you could be like dragging him to the other side of the map so that your team on the other side is like has more time to work and repair then i think that there is like a sandbox here of things to do and and it was kind of cool like throughout the match like seeing like all the things that you're doing in the corner of the screen like giving you like plus points like in a call of duty where you're getting like all of these points for assists and it's a for, weird but it's weird like, capturing, like, to me. like control and stuff like that it's weird to me that like disconnect between like i guess it's it's past the point of it probably came out and was like Here's a spooky thing. You can play as the survivors that are just yeah. terrified of this monster. This game is such a video game. But it is so video. But like that that's what I mean is like it's so gamified. Like it it and, and it's, it's funny the, because it's like the opposite. It's almost the opposite of when you like first start playing Phasmophobia and the actual video game experience is like not great, but the 
like uh environment and like it actually made like is pretty scary yeah like like it's a it's it's just interesting these kind of like two extremes of uh horror games this isn't really a horror it's weird it's not hard it's not a horror game it's literally a game where like i think the inclusion of dailies really cements any sort of game as like this is like you said it's it's a it's a games of service dang yeah, Phasmophobia has dailies. Dang! Like, capture a photo of the ghost, reach zero sanity, like, and you get the you get currency for doing it. Dang! People love dailies. I'm I'm looking I forward know. to People the really Phasmophobia battle pass. That's that's got to be next. Right? I know, right? Where, where, when do I get to put hats on my survivors? I thought you could put hats. No, I guess no. not. But you can buy an expensive flashlight. You can the strong flashlight. It's great flashlight. You lose it when you die. It's a, it wasn't a bad game, and and then weirdly enough, you know what? I'm gonna play it more. Uh, you know what? Like like I the the first time because it is a it's a it's a dang mess. And when we are playing, uh, there's so many weird things like UI wise, it is just like I don't even know designed in another time realm. But uh, th- there was this weird thing happening where if we played uh, with like a in a uh, private game with you could unlock everything. And yeah, the custom game has everything in the game unlocked, and like you think about this game being out for four years or whatever, and they've been giving all like every new character that unlocks has their own perks. Yeah. So it, the pool of perks is just like massive at this point, and it's so the list of those perks in custom games is just a nightmare. It's weird um, because you can pick a character, but in the custom games, it's like the character doesn't have their the loadout a it's a skin yeah but it'll say like this is the you know if you're playing this character in like the real game with not without everything unlocked then as you're leveling up the character you get on un- you'd unlock these traits these like passive abilities um so what kind of made sense to do is like look for that character's own specific traits and then there's a one extra trait if you don't pick all of their traits because the characters come with three and there's four traits per survivor um and you couldn't really like there's no way to search anything and it was in alphabetical order so you had to like read the characters traits and then find them among a massive list where it's only showing like one of six pages and then you have to read each trait and find alphabetically where the characters traits were and then some of these traits are like novels like and it's so it, it is really difficult to start out the game and like what kind of st- strategies are we supposed to be using? I, like, I, I know that even, like, the killer wouldn't have any sort of strategy in place, but um, you, like, don't know really what your traits are, are are doing unless you sit around and read them and try and figure out how to make a synergy out of them. So that kind of stuff is, like, a mess at first. So the beginning games, like, I really didn't uh, understand what was going on. It was fun to play a survivor. I played, like, the Wraith, I think. It, like, goes invisible. I thought it was really cool and spooky. It's like I could run around while invisible and was was I completely? I was like semi transparent, right? You were a predator style. Yeah, so you could see every once in a while me going past you, which I or think like would be more like a halo cloak. So that that's cool, and it's even cooler that way because it's like the survivors could kind of see me moving around, and then like that's even scarier. Maybe out of the corner of your eye, you're like, oh, he's right next to me, and whether or not I noticed you, um, and uh, and, and you had there's a time. You, like, you couldn't interact with anything while you were invisible, and you had to uh, hold the right mouse button again uh, to come out invisible, and it would do it slowly. So, like, 
uh, I would be, like, chasing after someone, and then just, like, someone would just see me slowly start appearing in front of them and just be, like, like scream. That kind of stuff was fun. Um, and I kind of actually, when I started to have fun, it was, we, we, uh, we got a chance for everyone to be the, uh, monster, and there was one person who really didn't get a chance to yet, and it was like, this is unfair to just, like, everyone's kind of frustrated and is done with this, so it's unfair Mostly to... just, mostly just one person. Yeah. It's unfair to just, uh, uh, quit out now, um, without, like, you getting to experience how cool it is to be this monster running around and, like, getting to attack and, like, warp through things when you've been playing the Survivor and just watching a loading screen. Um, so, uh, he got a chance to play it, and it was just, it was fun just running away, basically, from him when, when he had, when he, like, saw me and... Uh, trying to, like, hearing that you're on the other side of the map getting chased by him so that, it, like, you know that you have time to mess with the generators and stuff like that. So seeing in that game, weirdly enough, despite the fact that it was, like, two survivors and one monster and it was literally impossible, um, it, it, it felt like it was kind of a little bit more fun. That was a pretty yeah. cool map. Yeah, I'm probably going to play it more. Uh, I liked what I saw. It's also, like, it's nice to play something that's a little original when, like, there's just so many shooters and, and things like that out there it's cool to have a different type of multiplayer experience yeah um so last night uh and i'm going to talk about something uh non-video game related if that's okay for a moment what, uh, is, it, what is a not video game but last night i cracked open uh one of my kickstarters uh that i had i recently got it delivered to me it's uh it's called magic puzzle have you 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 haven't heard of this um, I, like, I looked at it after you talked to me about it but yeah. I, I don't remember i might have seen the original Kickstarter, yeah, I'm so sure you it mentioned a, it. It's a Kickstarter that was, it was a $3 million Kickstarter. And it was for puzzles that have this sort of um, ending to them, where it's like an optical illusion. So the thing about puzzles is I always thought that they were super fucking lame. Because a puzzle to me has always been, so you took a puzzle, you took a picture, and you sliced it up, and now it's a puzzle. But these magic puzzles, th these images, the art that was commissioned was designed for, they were designed to be puzzles. And the actual cuts of the, um, the way that like everything is cut is like super unique where every, like the cuts that are made, first off, there are some pieces that are like one of the pieces was just like super big. Some of the pieces were like circular. They were all these weird shapes. But they were all cut in such a way that it like highlights a piece of the artwork. So there's like this toy car that appears across the across the picture, and the toy car always has its own puzzle piece. Like it's never like the toy car is cut in half. So it, it's designed in, in such a way that first off, you look at a puzzle piece and you get to see like this cute little image. So like one of the puzzle pieces is like the like a this cat that's like trapped in a bubble or it's this uh it's like a cute little clock or something but they're all like on their own like image so you actually get to look at it and be like oh this one piece of a puzzle is so cool to look at yeah that's pretty cool and, and you just have a thousand of those right um so and the art is very good the one that i got is called the mystic maze it's very reminiscent of adventure time it tells a story also of like this little boy is traversing through a maze and he's looking for his like lost friend. There's one puzzle piece that is like this little boy crying, looking into water and in the reflection of the water, he sees his friend 
So the other part of this is that there is legacy board game style, an envelope that you can't open until you've finished the puzzle. And it's some sort of like magic trick or optical illusion that overlays on top of the puzzle that is supposed to like resolve or conclude the story in some way. And I don't get, also... I don't understand that because the, the like everything about this Kickstarter, I, I guess like you finished it, so you. I didn't I don't know, finish I don't know if you want to say anything about I didn't it. Okay. It. I started right. it yesterday. But they yeah they say something about like a magic trick or an optical illusion, and I don't get how that could be. Well, that's how they. Doesn't that make you want to get one of these puzzles and find out? I guess so. But I mean, I, I guess I never will unless it goes to retail. Well, uh, it did. Uh, you could buy it in Target, and there was actually all of this uh, backlash because people uh, because people were able to buy this at Target before the Kickstarter, the backers even. Oh, got that makes a lot of version. sense. Why there would be backlash? But the other cool thing about this being a physical object is that when I'm done with this puzzle, I could lend it to you, and That's you could true. play it with your family. That's true. Uh, but I will say, just like the box of it, like the presentation, absolutely gorgeous. Like, I'm going to be so happy, like, looking at my shelf and seeing this box on it because it is, like, beautiful. I just started the one puzzle, but the uh, they're calling this the the first, like, edition of the first chapter, Magic Puzzles, these three puzzles. I'm guessing, considering that they raise, like, $3.5 million or whatever it is, that there's going to be – they're going to make more of these but it's cool. It feels like there's so much going on in this. There's like all of these like Easter eggs. There's like a checklist of like, like a Where's Waldo style of like, did you find this? And did you like find the 10 bottles? Did you find like the monkey? Did you find the artist's signature? Um, so it's really neat. Um, I was not expecting to like a jigsaw puzzle, but uh, I was curious about the optical illusion. Like I wanted to know what kind of surprise could they possibly put in this? And it's just been really joyful putting it together. Also, really strange and bizarre is that on the Magic Puzzle Kickstarter, they have a quote from Randy Pitchford. Yes. What? How? Why? You made a puzzle that is interactive and with magic. I feel like this was specifically made for me. It's perfect. That's a fine quote. It's just weird to see Randy Pitchford's name in there. It's, this is a... Uh puzzle-based loot shooting uh puzzle game where you're the individual hero of your own adventure book cyoa and also it's really a novel that's a novella and a tv show i recommend this i think it like look up the art for this look up magic puzzle company i'm i'm the one that i'm doing is the magic maze and i think that you will be blown away by the artwork uh, in our personal Discord, I also shared some pictures of what the um, like puzzle pieces look like, and they are just ooh, so nice. So check that out. It's funny that this is also a weird crossover piece of information that I wanted to mention, but there is an upcoming Borderlands 3 DLC that is adding a kind of roguelike um, mode to the game, similar to what you mentioned in Remnant from the Ashes where you're going to start off and your character is going to be gunless and talentless and you're going to be picking up stuff and trying to get through this area with only what you can find, which seems like a, a cool way to spice things up in, in that game. Borderlands 3 is coming out with a sort of a, a definitive edition soon that's going to include all the DLC. They're doing another year of uh, DLC 
and they're also adding new perk trees for all the characters. There's a lot of big definitive editions coming out soon. I know. Did you hear about the Sekiro one? The Sekiro one, one I was just going to say. Yeah. What's the deal with that one? Did you, did you, you fell off Sekiro? I fell off right? really early in Sekiro. I, I, I kind of want to keep, I, I keep thinking about going back. There's two games that I've been thinking a lot about um, re-downloading and giving a shot to again, and that's Devil May Cry 5, which just, it, everyone had such good things to say about it, and it seemed so good. It was very fun, yeah. but I didn't get to the part where, like, like early on I was playing it, I was in, like, the first mission one night. Like, I was in the very first, like, actual level of it, and uh, I, I was playing it that one night, I stopped playing it, and then I just kind of, uh, for whatever reason, got busy with something else, and I never loaded up again, so I never get got through even the very first mission. Um, the first character you play as is Nero, and he's kind of my least favorite out of all the Devil, Devil May Cry um, characters anyway. Um, I usually like Dante more than that, but... Uh, so that, that that game I really want to play. Uh, I want to give another shot to. And Sekiro, I feel like I like love the Souls game so much, and I just did not give it. I didn't get very far in it. Like I didn't. I, I played a little bit of that like Dream World, and I was getting stuck on the first big ogre boss, which is like or the mini boss, which is like uh, you're supposed to I think have gotten this, this like firecracker upgrade that I didn't get. And because of that, like, it was really unfun. Like, I, out of all the Souls things for, like, a mini boss, like, this was, I was doing this so many times. His, like, hitbox on this, like, he has this charge that results in an instant kill. And it has a huge, huge hitbox. And, like, there was no way that I could dodge it in a lot of cases unless I was, like, already way, way far away from him before he even started it. So because of that, I was getting really sick of it. And, like, someone had told me, I think it might have been you, like, oh, yeah, you don't even deal with that. You just use these, like, firecrackers, and it stuns him. Uh, but I never ended up getting that. So I do want to go back to that, and maybe this Definitive Edition is a good idea for it. And the Devil May Cry got a Definitive Edition. But unfortunately, that is only for P- PlayStation. That's only, like, on the console versions. You have to buy it's another not- disc or get or pay for an upgrade. And the Steam uh, version of that is never getting the Virgil update, which makes me kind of sad because then it's like, well... I don't even know if I would want to play the one on Steam again because if I was going to play it, I might just buy the definitive edition, like the definitive like Virgil edition, and play that. I'm still playing a little bit of Persona, but I've slowed down so much with with everything else that's going on. Uh, where are you Speaking at? Other definitive editions. I'm in the Futaba Palace. A video game returned. You know what I've been doing? Uh, I've been watching The Boys. That's not video game enough. That's video, not video game enough. That's a good show though. It is. So speaking uh, of video games that we were playing... Speaking of video games that we were playing, I think I know where I've, you're going. I've still been playing Noita. Oh, yes. I'm 37 hours into Noita. I still haven't beaten the game. And the main reason is just that I constantly do things that I know will get me killed, but I do it anyway because it's fun. Um, there is, for example, this one ability called Giga Sawblade. Where it that shoots sounds out. good. I love anything that has Giga prefix. Well, then you're going to love it because there's Giga Black Hole, there's Giga Firebolt, there's a lot of Giga spells in this, Giga Earthquake. There you go. Uh, so Giga Sawblade is a very powerful blade that always boomerangs backwards towards you. But I had found some ways around it uh, where I got homing projectiles, where... Once the saw blade like finds an enemy, it will just constantly circle around them and cut them up until they die. Um, I found 
repulsion field, which essentially makes it so that um, projectiles like reverse gravity around me, where they'll like curve away from me. So I, I found all of these ways to not die to my own gigasaw blade, and yet somehow I always end up dying to it anyway. And, and one time I had this amazing run going where I was immune to practically everything. I was immune to fire, immune to electricity, immune to toxic. Um, but I found a cave off in the jungle that was like uh, covered by a boulder. I went in and it was called the dragon cave. In it, there was this giant egg. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go in and see what's going on in that egg. So I cracked open the egg. A giant dragon came out of the egg, and it was shooting fire everywhere. And I was like, that's fine. I'm immune to fire. But then it just ate me. It just, like, straight up ate me. Well, that's your fault for, for awakening this dragon. That's what I'm saying. Like, this game is just giving me all of these opportunities to die. <laughs> um, I found an hourglass. Um, I, I, I found, like, this weird hourglass that was, like, glowing and it had some blood in it. So I went out and I got more blood and I filled the hourglass up with blood and all of the blood turned into gold. And then I broke open the hourglass and took all the gold. And there's just so much of that around That's pretty the game wild. Where there's just like all of these like mysteries. And I've seen people talk about things that I don't fully understand. Like where some runs are going for nine hours and they're like going into parallel worlds and getting access to all of these spells that are just like absolutely insane. They, they list the number of spells and it's like, you know, 300 or whatever spells. And then I'll tune into a stream and the number of max spells they have is like 330. So it's like there are spells that they don't even like list in the index. Oh, that's really cool. Where the index will expand once you start to like learn stuff. And it's just like... I, I was interested in this game when they showed it like years ago, just from like a, that seems like a cool physics thing. Of, Do you know that, that you named that, what was it, 2018 or something like that? Uh, I, I was looking at this, I don't know why, but it popped up in my uh, podcast fee, uh, feed was a an old, like I think it was 2018 E3, you said Noita is the game of, the, of E3 2018 on, for, yeah. for the, you wrote for the podcast description. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and I was I was right. It turns out that Look I was that. right. Also, this game has a, a mod where you could play as Megumin. Oh, there you go. So pretty pretty perfect game, if you ask me. Uh, man, I don't recommend Noita to everyone because it's like there are some things that are... You could definitely dislike about this game where there's this game will one-shot you in a lot of ways. I have it uh, and I haven't played it. I have it downloaded and I haven't played it yet. This game will one-shot you in a lot of ways. It's a bit slow to start, and there's a lot of, like, rules that you have to learn about the world and about, like, how things will act. I recently found out that there's, like, this slime. There's, like, this slime. It's, like, really good at putting out fires, but it slows you down. And there's this potion called, like, Acceleradium, where you drink it and you go really fast. But I found out that if you combine the two, they just explode. <laughs> That's pretty good. So it's stuff like that that is just, like, bizarre. That and I'm loving it. There's just like so much to it. The game's been out for like it's it's been in 1.0 for two weeks at this point, and there are still like streamers. Like this is a people have talked about how like this is a single player multi game, 
multiplayer game in, in the way that like Fez was, yeah. where people are, are trying to like decode things and figure out like all the secrets of this world. And there are still things that people just like haven't figured out yet. The developers like hang out in, in Twitch chats of like these small communities. They like answer questions, but they don't give up their secrets. That's weird. It's so hard to make hard sure. to make secrets these days because people just go through source code and shit. Yeah. I don't get how, I actually don't even understand how developers hide anything. It's kind of weird too because like I remember Destiny would have a lot of these weird secrets like they were so specific or doing something in a specific way, especially in the raids. And people would just like brute force the hell out of it. Like it would just usually be something like done really, really quickly that would be that like once people found out that there was a secret, they would just grind it out. Like you have so many eyes on it at the same time that just like decimates yeah. secrets. Maybe it, maybe it helps that this is a smaller game. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, that could help. That could help that it's just not like like if it were like a triple A game and everyone were playing it, there would just be everything would just be laid bare so quickly because you have way too many people pressing on the systems yeah but but i but i am constantly surprised by the types of runs i'm getting i had a run where uh so there are certain spells that are limited in their uses but then there are certain wands that will have spells built into them with always cast so an example of this is always cast water trail where any projectile you shoot will always leave water around um so you can get a always cast water trail and start filling the map with water. And there's a perk you could get that makes your body electrified. So you could essentially wipe out an entire map by filling it with water and then just jumping into the water and elect electrocuting and killing everything instantly. Mm -hmm. And it's just like all that weird shit like that. And somehow the game will still find a way to kill you. So that's just insanely cool. That's mad dope. And, it, and it's also the kind of you game where it's ones. like, you can become like so insanely powerful, but the game scales so hard as you like it. I mean, you could beat the game and like you could close a chapter and be like, okay, this was a, a good 45 minute run. I'm going to call it done. But if you don't want to and you want to say, I want to see more, then like your God mode character will be pushed. So I'm loving it. Highly recommend it. I have it. I gotta, I gotta, I, I have it downloaded. I just gotta, gotta play it. But there's gotta so many good that. things. There's so many good things in my life, video game wise. It's always, we say this often, but you know, as the world outside becomes more terrible and, and horrific, and the countdown clock, the sword of Damocles hangs over our head as we count those horrible days and minutes down to the 3rd of November where the next four years will either be miserable or somewhat less miserable, but still definitely absolutely miserable. Uh, we look to video games like ostriches burying their head in the sand. Uh, now has never been a better now has time never been a better time because it, it is like not only do video games are an iterative media and we've talked about this before like you can have a, like Ocarina of Time nostalgically my best my favorite game of all time the best game I've ever played uh, that's not really I, that's probably not even true at this point honestly but um uh, uh, it doesn't like like it, it's it, like it, more so than other things like novels you know are not iterative in such a way like right the writing medium is not iterative in such a way there's iterative aspects about the cinema medium where um we've developed better like cgi 
So that's like absolutely like a- action our, has gotten our better. Our alien tits but, are out of this world. What? I said our alien tits are out of this world. We got good alien tits. Where we got alien tits? Don't ask me. Um, but I'm not, so, I'm not a cinephile. But uh, video games wholly iterative as a media. So they just can't even make. They just every time they're making a new game, it's better than the last one, except for sometimes, except for a lot of times. But many of the times, more of the times, they're very good and they're better. Or and we're at the point where people can develop small studios can develop these wildly good games. So it's incredible. We just look yeah. look Phasmophobia, one of the best horror games. That's one guy. I know. One you, guy. So so put so I mean I don't gotta say it, but just bury your head in the sand. You don't wanna see the world. You don't wanna don't read the news. Just play video just play video games. Don't worry about what's going outside. You can't affect it. You you already voted. You did all you can do. Just hide, you know, sit in a bunker, a, a, a nuclear-proof bunker, and play some uh, Skyrim, I guess. I don't know. People do that still for some reason. A lot of people are still playing Skyrim. I know. It, it, it just, if even if there were no internet because all of our internet sensors were bombed and somehow you, I guess you're using a generator at that point, um, uh you would still have infinite hours of Skyrim to to worry about. You, it would be like the episode of uh, Twilight Zone where you just don't need to drop... As long as you don't drop your glasses, you have infinite Skyrim. Think about it. There you go. Right? Sure. But I've been playing uh, Valorant as I do, and I you can... Uh, if you don't groan now, I'll insert a groan of yours in somewhere here. Uh, but... Uh, I'm still absolutely loving Valorant, but it's a weird, weird spot to be in Valorant because something somewhat unprecedented happened where uh, patch, what is it, 1.11, I believe? Yes. So patch 1.11 released, releasing Sky and... New character. uh, uh, Yeah, some new stuff. I I thought for the amount of time that I played her, uh, she was super fun. Uh, really cool kit. Everything jive, but I was, you know, like it definitely seemed like there was a little bit more skill to it than I have, would have originally even thought because I ended up flashing myself a lot with her bird and wasn't using some of the abilities right and wasn't thinking about the heal, which the heal is very difficult to use. But I say for the small, short amount of time I played her because it, the patch was out for like a couple hours or something and there was so many problems for number one and most big the the most big problem was that uh paranoias were completely not working so uh omens paranoia paranoia is being a short like a flash yeah flashes weren't working there's a couple characters and paranoias don't work exactly like a flash it just makes your your vision very very short range so uh, Omen has a paranoia. Reyna's, f- what is thought of as a flash, is really her leer is just a paranoia. So you can actually see her if you're close. And Sky also has the is the third character in the game, I think, to have a paranoia. Her ultimate, if uh, it, it is these these seeking bolts, these little weird seeking like uh, creepy mungus beans that fly around the the. Uh, uh, map jittering and chasing their enemies, and if they connect with an enemy, they will paranoia. And none of that was happening. None of it was working at all. It was giving the. It was kind of showing that there was a paranoia going on with the side of your screen, but it was giving you full vision, so you could still see the range. So 
Huge problem with, to do with Paranoia. Then there was tons of other bugs. There was, like, some weird map glitchy kind of stuff. Um, Omen smokes when certain when you were walking in at a certain angle. If you stood while you were in the middle of the smoke, normally you just get this kind of black screen while your vision is inside of the smoke. But it would show, like, a 2D version of Sage or something like yeah, that. Like a blown apart texture map. Yeah, they would, the bump like, map or whatever like, of Sage. So, like... It was yeah, a mess. We don't, have, we don't have to go too far into it. It was a mess. Yeah, the fact disaster. And then more importantly, maybe than all of this, this patch, even like, let's say this patch was smooth, right? So the, so let's say the patch is smooth. It had major changes to Cypher, his abilities not working and sh being revealed. His abilities are usually invisible and kind of like cloaked. And his abilities would stop working and get revealed upon death. Which was a huge, huge nerf, like especially to his um his the the wire, the trip wire. Even if Cipher was you know killed or lurking around, he was able to yep. put up trip wires, and then they would trigger, and he would still be able to tell his team, or the team would still be able to look on the map to see that a trip wire triggered. Um, so they 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 made it so that when now when he dies, everything gets revealed and is uh it stops working, and then Killjoy they nerfed and buffed her simultaneously to make her. Uh, not really able to drop her kit somewhere and then move about the map. Now she has to really like like drop her kit and then pick up her whole thing. So she picks up that turret and picks up her alarm bot and then moves around and replaces it. So she's just kind of more like a mobile command, like picking everything up and then moving it and then trying to re put her roots down, get another turret down, put down another alarm bot, which is difficult. I mean, obviously that really hurts her for retakes and it really hurts her for if she if uh, a team attacks one site, she takes all of her stuff off of the other site, and then the team swings and just rotates and attacks the other site, and then now all of her stuff will be taken off. So different, I guess it, it's a different play style, and I think it would overall be a nerf in most cases. But there, but she did get some buffs, like more damage on her Molly, and you know quicker. Uh, Killjoy will be fine. Killjoy might she, even be better. She might even be better. Maybe she might be better. So uh, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. But um, but the point being, these changes came, and all these these uh, these weird bugs came at uh, during the middle of the first strike, the open qualifiers for Riot's first run tournament. This is Riot's tournament too, which is bizarre. So after mm -hmm. there was one day of the old patch, and then everything drops. And not only is there tons of bugs, but there were major changes. Like, they were really, after the first day, they were dropping these major changes where teams would ha suddenly have to figure out, like, mid-tournament, is it worth it to run a Cypher on every map? Like, is Cypher or Killjoy an instant pick? Are they a little bit more fringe now? What are the situations that you'd run it? And they have to figure that out at, in the second day of this tournament. And pros, I, yeah. I, was, I was listening to a lot of pros, and pros are just generally hate that. Like, obviously... Uh, one of the best arguments for this, other than just, like, how stressful that is to a pro, is that um, if you're Riot, you want uh, one of the best reasons to um, hold back. I've never, I've never actually heard this, uh, this argument used before, but it makes a lot of sense, is, like, if you create new things in any video game, then they'll usually uh, hold off of it being tournament or competitive viable for a while. And this and is what they did in, in League of Legends, where the pros were always playing on a patch... That was two weeks back, mm -hmm. and one so, of the one of the best yeah, reasons to do this, other than just like the simple like 
well, it's fair for the pros because the pros need time to work and develop and lab things out and to strategize and figure things out. And if you just hit a patch and then, you know, like it, it's a little bit too all over the place, they haven't had time to work on it. But another one of the reasons that I that I heard, and Hiko was talking about this, was that if you are Riot and you're running your first uh, Valorant tournament, then you probably want pros to be functioning at 100%. And if you change the two most meta characters, like two characters that are inarguably played either one or the other on every single map, and you completely change them overnight then you're going to get confused pros, you're going to get people not playing 100%, you're going to get people trying mid-tournament like tournament to figure out what to do with Killjoy because they worked on Killjoy strats, but now she works differently, and you're going to get pros playing at a lower than 100% level because they just haven't figured the patch out yet, and that just doesn't look good to a spectator. Like You want to have pros look like they are the best in the world at this video game, um, so it is a weird. It was a weird choice overall, and ultimately, this puts us in this bizarre limbo state because uh, you and I got a chance to play this new character, and uh, I even played with the new Killjoy, and I was and I I actually top fragged in a round with the new Killjoy, and was like, this doesn't feel like the worst. It's kind of interesting. I want to start yeah, it, playing. It, it, it's weird that like Killjoy became like she got like. I don't know. She's like sided in a way. Like she didn't get nerfed. She didn't get buffed. She just got like side shifted. It was like a horizontal change. Cypher was a big like nerf. I think that Killjoy is going to be more popular. It's weird because we already saw um, a lot of teams opting to pick uh, Killjoy over Cypher. Um, so I I guess that we're going to see a lot fewer Cyphers and a lot more Killjoy. I think that's a bizarre. Honestly, like. I think that overall, I I trust. I am you know not a riot dev, and riot dev have a lot of uh, information behind the scenes. And overall, they have made choices before, or even characters like Killjoy. Actually, like leading up to Killjoy, I would have said this is a terrible character design. In fact, most people did say it was a terrible character design in a tactical shooter where you aim lab for years to try and get this pixel perfect flick and accuracy. Uh, you made a character that even if it doesn't does pretty minor damage like why does she have a turret and that's kind of frustrating and the turret has a lot of health and stuff like the alarm bot molly combo was kind of annoying at first and she sounded kind of broken and obnoxious on paper just unfun to play against i guess would, would be the word i think most people also thought of torbjorn um the overwatch character uh when they thought of this where it's like why would you make a character that uh, somewhat that at least theoretically focuses less on pure aim and you doing something, and then your the agency is shifted to an inanimate AI that is yeah, just well, like well, Overwatch is sort of a different. It is. It's a different. If it, it's a different beast altogether. But the point being is that nobody asked or wanted for this character, and somehow, despite the fact that that Killjoy was being developed before the open beta even happened, she accidentally because cypher was being picked 100 percent of the time not based off of his kit being necessarily broken but based off of the fact that he is the only character in the game that does what he does and that's like 
an information gathering character. He puts a he puts a camera down. He puts these trip wires down. He's the only character in the game that can gather information around a corner. He can be hiding somewhere, and then a trip goes off, and he knows where the enemy is. Or he can look at his camera and see that enemies are just about to push into where he is, and he can give team his teammates early information. Um, he's the only character in the game that does that. So. Of course he was being picked 100% of the time. It's kind of... It was a similar thing problem with the Sage. It was like Sage was healing very well and she was getting like almost 100% pick rate because at that point in the game, her heals was so valued that she is the only healer. So if you made another healer that did the same thing, she her pick rate would go down. But she was yeah, getting 100% so pick because there's no choice. But my, my resistance is just one of like a bias of I like to play Cypher, uh, I like to lurk, and now if I lurk and die, like, I guess rightfully so, like, my team is going to suffer. But, but also, I play not in high-tier lobbies. And oftentimes, like, people will refuse to go in, so I have to go in. And now I don't get to do that anymore. So I now have to rely more on my teammates to do their jobs. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's fine. The nerf makes sense. There are some... It's a bummer to me that my um, cameras and my, um, you know, that my cameras and trips, like, plants are going to be revealed. So that means that uh, ciphers that have a more dynamic, like, library of placements, they're going to be rewarded. And, and there, and I was even thinking that there are some ways in which this is going to be a buff, um, slightly, where you could do a thing where you put down a, a turret, like, or rather, you put down a camera in a specific spot. They they see it, and then next round, they're going to shoot at that spot uh, just to clear the camera. So you might even get info that people are showing up before they show up Yeah. because they're just shooting at a random wall doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So strategically, what you could do is you could place your earliest cameras far up and then constantly pull it back little by little. So that you're getting like that early info every round. Yeah. And, and I think that that is going to be um, juicy to play. Like for me, what this does is it, is it just kind of gets the gears turning of like, well, how do I make this like benefit me? How, how do I make this meta change? Like, and you could do the same thing with tripwires where you could place like these really forward tripwires and then, you know, maybe they shoot at them even though they're not really there. Yeah. So there, there are things like that that are, you know, that's the silver Yeah, that's a positive way to look at it, for sure. I, I just, I, I do feel like um, the, I don't know what changed over time, but uh, Killjoy initially was very boring to play, and I think the people who are playing it, you don't see this anymore, actually, but when Killjoy first came out, since a lot of her kit requires her to do, or at least, I guess it's that people were just so stuck on this fact that she could... Um, put an alarm bot and a molly down and that someone would walk onto site they would trigger the alarm bot they would get a weakened status where they're taking more damage and then you set off the molly on wherever the default uh, plant to uh, spot plant is and you would like one two combo them to death and people were so stuck on that rather than actually playing the game that what they would do is they would hide like way far in the back so that they wouldn't even like see people coming in then the turret would go off, the alarm bot would go off, they would molly, they would kill someone. But because of it, they were playing so passively as to not even fight until enemies were fully on site. And it was a boring play style, and I don't know why over time, I guess people just, like, 
got more confident and or or decided like oh i can also make well, early people learned where the mollies are people yeah. learned to hear them out is the main thing so they were just so, so they worked less overall like like that was the other thing yeah. too i guess is that like in the beginning that was a guarantee it was almost guaranteed like enemies would come over and trigger the molly the the alarm bot and get hit in the molly but as people learned to play with it they they knew that killjoy is on site they would start shooting or throw an explosion or something near default sites to clear them out. So even if there wasn't anything there, they knew that it was comfortable to plant there and would plant. And because of it, Killjoys were having to get more creative. They were getting less value off of that. Then they were just using um, less of this like one, two alarm bot Molly combo and more using those out of like it, it, not in tandem anymore. Um, so the, the play style actually got more fun, but it's also kind of weird because these nerfs like, like, I, I don't know why you would nerf both of them, especially when uh, the, in this tournament we've seen that uh, accidentally, even though she wasn't designed this way, Kildred became the other side of the coin to Cypher. You see most teams, like, I, I, yeah. I, I noticed most so, teams would actually use, like, uh, like, like it, it, most matches you'd see one team has a Cypher and one team has a Killjoy. Like, you'd see a pretty good, fair, sure. even distribution. So the reason, though, is because even in this tournament, the game is very defender-sided. So they're trying to shift power away from the defenders and add it to initiating characters Yeah. flashes. Uh, and maybe that's the answer. Maybe the answer is rebalancing maps. But it seems like maybe adjusting characters might be a little bit easier well, than adjusting maps, right? I guess. I mean, split, so it feels like if they added approach. one other attack, like, attack route on split, then it would be fine. I feel like adding a new route to a map is extremely complicated. I mean, I don't know the logistics of that, but TSM is actually playing Viper on Split now as a means to get in more attacking rounds because uh, Viper Ultimate on attack is almost a guaranteed win if you get the plant down, and you need to win so few rounds on attack that they just play Viper in hopes that they could get those alt rounds and, you know, just secure a handful. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. And also, like... There are so few teams that feel that that actually attack by means of A, because A is just like such a, a challenging route to take. But with Viper and Viper's Wall, it actually becomes a little bit more manageable. So we actually saw TSM attacking from A main in in a fashion that we usually don't see in competitive play. So that was neat. Uh, but yeah, so that's why I think they're adjusting Cipher and Killjoy is just they need. They need the game to be more evenly attacker-focused. Which is also funny, though, because in our ranks, uh, everyone just plays duelists. Yeah. Is that video games? It's definitely most of them. I've been playing this game, uh, Crown Trick, on the Nintendo Switch. I don't know if you've seen this. It's another game that sort of has this very beautiful aesthetic style. Um, So what it is, is it's more like a traditional rogue game where it is this turn-based dungeon crawler. Uh, so if you've played something like Crypt of the Necrodancer or Dungeons of Dreadmoor, enemies only move after you move. So the strategy is sort of based around Ooh, okay. know- knowing what the enemies are going to do and sort of reacting to that. There are the, the weapons and everything are actually really cool. Uh, all of the, the, the drops and the loot are pretty, they, they feel pretty unique. Uh, there's like a gun which can shoot four spaces but has uh, an ammo limit on it. And there'll be like perks that come on the on the, the guns that are like, if you hit two targets, then the target in the back gets paralyzed. 
there you could get like axes that like spin around you and hit every side of you and will leech health from people but they're more dangerous because they're melee weapons but the variety has been really good there's um uh tons of skills when you kill a boss um you get a familiar of the boss that lets you cast the boss's spells and you could carry two of those at a time and you could also be like combining elements in this game in unique ways where you could have um a a boss ability or something that gives you like the power to spread oil and then you could get like a fiery sword which lets you ignite all of that oil and you could do the same sort of things with like uh mixing water and electricity and things like that so it has a lot of um tactical options to it it's a beautiful looking game and it's a nice addition to the switch and that's the video games that's what i got um WTDG podcast. That's what you're listening to. Uh, this is episode 251 of our show. Last episode was episode 250. Big episode about multiplayer maps. Um, you can find all our episodes online at wtdgpodcasts.com or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you, Ryan Galloway. And what? How am, I, how am I forgetting more? I'm forgetting earlier into my promo speed. Thank you, Ryan Galloway and Bumper. For your, for your song. Oh, no. For the use of your song. For the use of your song. You, you can, can get, get it, it off, off of Pop Songs album. 2020. There you go. Oh. You can find them at wherever they are found. There's the oh, They're easiest to find on YouTube. You can they've find got, all the they've links. They've got the merch. Type in Bumper Merch. You'll find their Hello Merch page where you could buy their, their shirt, their pin, their album. Maybe. Maybe you could find them. Find they're their not sold out. You can find their Pitchfork review, you know, on got a 7.5 on Pitchfork. That's pretty good, right? So check them out. Thank you, James. Thanks, Ryan. Keep your teeth brushed. Yeah, uh, this episode's probably not going to release in time for me to tell you this, but I guess uh, go vote. Oh, no. Wherever, wherever this episode finds you, I'm sorry. Yeah.